the wrestling podcast about nothing is brought to you by bda radio bda radio doesn't break news they break the news with their wild commentary regarding mma and wrestling head on over to bdaradio.com and check out all of the latest news on the ufc bellator wwe and much more they are proud to be the voice of fans because they are fans themselves bdaradio.com I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dimension? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to the wrestling podcast about nothing episode 31 presented by BDARadio.com. There are so many pro wrestling podcasts out there covering every facet of the business. So we went to BDA Radio and said we had a different idea for a podcast. Everybody's doing something. We'll do nothing. They said, what's wrestling podcast about? We said nothing. And thankfully they said, we think we have something here. So here we are. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring. And not joining me as always is a veteran of the New England Independent Mat Wars, the Irresistible Force, the Immovable Object, the Kingpin of the Magic Kingdom, Brian Malonis. Yeah, that is right. No Kingpin with me this week. He is still vacationing in sunny Orlando. And if you listened to something extra last week, you heard that. And speaking of something extra, that's a very appropriate Tony S. segue this week. There will be bonus audio on Thanksgiving. A little something special for you to wake up to on Thursday morning, so look out for that. And speaking of special, another Tony S. segue there. There is a special thing happening in New England as we head to the end of 2016, and that's Fury's final fights. Brian Fury, he actually announced it right here on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing, uh, episode 12. He will be ending his in-ring career on December 16th for Chaotic Wrestling. And now we know Kingpin Brian Malonis is returning for one night only to Hudson Mass for Chaotic Wrestling on December 2nd. But I'd like to take this moment when I'm by myself and I can get a word in here. I've teased this a little bit, but here it is. I will, in fact, be temporarily ending my hiatus, yes, and returning to Chaotic Wrestling to referee Brian's final match on December 16th in Woober, Massachusetts. So yes, the extended hiatus is halted in a little less than a month, and then probably it'll very quickly begin again after that. But it's happening for a very good reason. I hope to see listeners, friends, and people who just love New England wrestling there at the Woburn Elks on December 16th, because something special is going to happen, and we shall be there to witness it and to support Brian Fury as he moves on to the next phase of his... Uh, wrestling career as a trainer. Hope to see you guys there for Chaotic Wrestling. All right. Quick Todd Sinclair update. It looks like he's still listening, folks. We were wondering last week if we had lost him as a listener, but he is still listening. He actually put us over on Twitter, at Sinclair Todd is his Twitter handle. But then he said to just ignore any talk about the hashtag that shall not be mentioned. Uh, of course, John Morse and myself reminded everyone that it is hashtag win a date with Todd Sinclair. Uh, 
Still no movement on the Daniel Bryan front, but John Morse is single-handedly taking care of everything, keeping things moving. Use the hashtag, win a date with Todd Sinclair, spread the word, and let's get Todd some lovely dates. All right, folks, thank you for downloading the podcast this week. New content is released on this feed twice a week, Monday for the full episodes and Thursday for the bonus episodes on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Google Play Music, TuneIn Radio, and of course, through BDARadio.com. If you're listening right now on the podcast radio network, thank you very much for tuning in, and we'd love to hear from you. Tweet us at the WPAN. Find us on the podcast radio network Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. For more info, go to podcastradionetwork.net. Also, we ask you to please don't forget the three S's. Share, subscribe, and star ratings. The best way to get the word out about the show, and that's what we want to do. We want to grow this thing. The best way to get the word out is to share the links to the podcasts on Facebook, on Twitter, all your social media. That is a great way to help us out. We appreciate the people that do that, our listeners, our friends, our fellow podcasters, the ones that do that each and every week. It is uh, such a great way for us to help spread the word. And you can win a prize just for helping us out. One lucky listener will win a free Kingpin combo pack. That is a color 8x10 of the Kingpin and an I'm a Pinhead Brian Malonis t-shirt. If you haven't heard yet, later in the podcast, we'll give you the full details, but that's just our way of saying thank you for helping us out in this regard. Use those three S's. We thank you so much for doing so. Coming up today on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, we'll have Merv Griffin time, a promo about nothing, and a whole lot more. But first, it's time to get checked in. Survivor Series 2016 is in the record books, and the Kingpin is busy riding Space Mountain, so I had to call on the reinforcements. Brian gives me a hard time for the amount of love I give these guys, but it's well-deserved, and, well, he's not here, so he kind of has no say in the matter. (laughs) And uh, speaking of matter, brain matter, I should say, is a Tony S. segue for you. He he is the intellectual property of the Check in the Boots podcast. It's the one and only Chip K. Fabe on the line. How are you, Chip? I got screwed. You got screwed? Uh, I got screwed. <laughs> on, on your picks? Oh, my God, yeah. I lost everything. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into all that in just a second. I'm but, broke. Yes. <laughs> he is joined by my referee compadre and my successor as a senior official of Chaotic Wrestling. And he is also representing the Check in the Boots podcast, referee Tony S. Sir, how are you? My good man, it's a pleasure to finally invade the wrestling podcast about nothing it is definitely a pleasure to join you and i hope for brian malonis's sake that he's having a good time riding space mountain and i hope rick flair has nothing to do with it <laughs> me neither Ooh. me neither yes, yeah it, <laughs> this has been a long time coming guys and it's uh, fantastic to have you guys here alongside with me and it's for a very special show when we're talking about the Survivor Series. It's our Survivor Series Summit as we are here on the wrestling podcast about checking the boots. I petitioned for that. Yes, thank you. (laughs) And Chip alluded to it. um, We all made picks. There is a podcast challenge series going on uh, among a few of the podcasts here in the uh, wrestling universe. Myself and Brian Malonis 
Chip and Tony are taking part. The Tony is actually, you know, leading this whole thing. And the whole thing is taking place on the Check in the Boots podcast. And also Ant from Rant with Ant and Matt McCool from the Pipe Bomb with McCool and Company. All of us making our picks for all the upcoming pay-per-views. Right, Tony? That is correct. All the major main roster pay-per-views. We're going to take our picks. I'm going to tabulate and we're going to get the results for the first the first round of the 2016 season, whichever that may be, uh, on version, whichever version we're at, 19, be at 19. 19 of Checking the Boots podcast. Pay attention. And, you know, <laughs> hey, I'm trying. Well, the person that really paid attention, and I'll give you a little preview, is uh, Mike Crockett. I'm going to throw uh, Matt McCool in this as well. Mike Crockett got the big money pick of the night. He was the only one that picked Goldberg to be victorious in the Survivor Series main event. Yes, yes, thank you very much. And I guess let's talk about the big news of the night. No, it's not Brian Kendrick retaining the Cruiserweight Championship thanks to Baron Corbin. We'll get into that. But the big news, of course, is Goldberg winning in decisive fashion over Brock Lesnar. And how long, Chip? 90 seconds exactly, I believe. 90 seconds. Two spears a jackhammer, and Goldberg wins the match. Let me just say why I picked Goldberg. Everyone out there in the universe, I was listening to all the podcasts, you know, you guys, uh, the New Age Insiders, everyone's saying, it's got to be Brock. Brock's going to be here. Brock has this streak. Brock can't lose. You can't do this one and done and have Goldberg win. But none of this matters. WWE does this all the time. And That's true. When it comes to Goldberg, he is a guy – He's coming back for his kid, for his family, to see him in the spotlight uh, one last time, or at least you know that's what we're saying right now. And he's not going to come back to lose. It's as simple as that. That and that's that's how I made my pick. Goldberg over. I didn't. I didn't think it'd be this decisive a victory, but yes, it turns out Goldberg wins. And I don't think anybody picked it to be like that, did they? No. To, no, no, to be a squash like that? No, I don't no. think so. Oh, no way. So what, what were you thinking, Chip? My theory on Brock winning was it leads to a third match. I, I still, and especially after this, I still don't believe that was Goldberg's last match. Um, my theory was they're 1-1 now. Brock's not good with that. They still need that final rubber match to put one over the other. And that's where Goldberg was going to come at WrestleMania. And that's what's going to lead to Goldberg's final match. And it, that theory still lives today after seeing this match because we just got 90 seconds from Goldberg. But also there's another thing I was thinking and I was telling Tony about before we got the call from you was I'm wondering if this so-called injury that we were hearing about from Goldberg had anything to do with the length of this match. That's that's a very interesting point. Uh, Tony, what were you thinking when you watched this uh, complete annihilation take place? Huh. First of all, I was in absolute complete shock with the spear spear jackhammer theory that Goldberg just completely laid out on Brock Lesnar. I was thinking the exact same thing that Chip was thinking, which proves that, you know, Chip's intellectual property is running off on me. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome. Yes, thank you. You know, WWE, as far as rubber matches go, at least in its history, you know, take, for example, the recent history with AJ Styles and, and John Cena, you know, you would expect somebody to win one, somebody to win the other one. You rarely expect a clean sweep. And that was my logic. I would think that Brock would just completely dominate Goldberg, basically saying, why are you, 
basically, why are you coming into my house? Where were you the past 12 years? I was kicking butt, taking names, and you were out doing whatever it is you were doing, but you weren't here doing what I was doing. I would, I was expecting Brock Lesnar to have that, that dominance, and that dominance turned into overconfidence, and it turned into a defeat tonight. Yeah, that was uh yeah, and Brock Lesnar and Goldberg are apparently great friends, so I'm sure I'm sure Lesnar had no problem doing this. Um so what do you you think uh Tony, do you think as Chip does that this is going uh this is an ending here? With what happens with Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar, I think recent history would say that Brock Lesnar does not handle losing very well. And tomorrow night's Monday night raw is going to be a telltale of that what's Brock Lesnar going to do now that he's not only lost to Goldberg twice but it's the most embarrassing loss of his entire professional career especially at a big stage with Survivor Series in an event that he's never won at I never even thought of that either the point that he's never had a loss like this before I I didn't even think of that yeah and see now I think that um once you have a baby face going over so strong like this, I don't know if there's anywhere else to go. I think I I never thought that Goldberg was done uh, until tonight. Now I think he's done. I think he's gone. I think uh, Lesnar tomorrow night takes it out on somebody else. If Lesnar's even on the show, I'm not even sure if he's if he's booked for Raw. But uh, I think he takes it out on somebody else and they move on. Originally, I thought Goldberg, you needed him to have him for the Royal Rumble perhaps because he's trying to fill up the Alamo Dome. But I think... I mean, it's looking like maybe The Undertaker will be there so he can fill that role to, you know, help uh, draw people to, uh, to, the, to the dome there. I think, I think Goldberg's done. I didn't think that until tonight, until I saw that complete and total annihilation, but I think he's done. I guess we'll have to uh, wait and see on that. Tomorrow will tell a lot, I believe. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Especially with the one more spear, the one more jackhammer. Goldberg's not going to say something like that on television and not back it up. So to agree with your point, Mike, I think this is a one and done. Comes in, he, to steal a t-shirt phrase, he arrived, he raised hell, and he left. (laughs) Yes, he did. Uh, Okay, so let's get into the show here. It was uh, from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Uh, it started with uh, Mauro Ronaldo in the lead chair, and he had JBL, Corey Graves, and Byron Saxton with him. A lot of musical chairs tonight with the uh, announced teams. It's tough to keep track of. I tried to keep track of it in each match here, but um, everyone was all over the place. I thought maybe Mauro would be there the whole show, and uh, but Michael Cole was you know shuffled in, shuffled out, and you know you had um, uh, what's his name there, Otago. Thank you, David Otonga. Yeah, David Otonga coming in too, and um, yeah, Jennifer so, Husband. Yeah, yes, Jennifer <laughs> Husband, as as referred to by Corey Graves tonight. Uh, so yeah, they were. Um, I mean, the announcing was good, but the, I mean, the four man announced teams is just it's tough to follow. Sometimes they did do a two man announced team, kind of as a preview for the um, for the cruiserweight championship match with um morrow and Corey graves of course they will be the announcers for the 205 live show which starts a week from tuesday so that was kind of a little intro there and i mean they work fantastic together Corey graves is just absolutely you know he's a revelation as a as an announcer what do you guys think they uh, on the pre-show they did the uh, cruiserweight match together also and they were way off on that uh something was up during the pre-show but they they really recover during the main show uh, cruiserweight match and they'll be they'll be great together. I love hearing the two of them. 
I love hearing Corey Graves the fact that Corey Graves brings that current WWE system of being an NXT, being a former NXT tag team champion. He knows how the system works today. And for him to transition to that into a a successful announcer that he's moving up the ladder. He's now on Raw, on 205 Live. He's becoming a commodity as an announcer, and I think that's a good thing. Very much so, yes. And he's, you know, he's got the little heel leaning too, and he's, you know, very witty, and, you know, I think he's absolutely great. So let's get into the first match, which is the women's Survivor Series match. And Tony Rod Zapata was your official for that one. Spider. Uh, yes, indeed, Spider. It was <laughs> Bailey, Alicia Fox, Nia Jax, Sasha Banks, and WWE Raw Women's Champion Charlotte with Dana Brooke. Versus WWE SmackDown Women's Champion, Becky Lynch, Naomi, Alexa Bliss, Carmella, and Nikki Bella. But no, they, they, they were waiting for Nikki Bella to come out. She wasn't coming out. She wasn't coming out. They sent a camera backstage, and they find her. She said she was hit in the back of the head. She doesn't know who did it. And Natalia comes up. You know, she was supposed to be the coach for the SmackDown Women's side and says, you know, um, I guess I, I should probably go in there. Daniel Bryan's there, and... I mean, I was just supposed to be the coach, but I guess I should go in and, you know, you can't have a four-on-five match, so I should go in and replace her. So Natalia, you know, representing Canada, so, you know, the crowd loves her. She goes in and replaces Nikki Bella in the match. What do you think about this little twist here, Tony? This little whodunit? Yes. Yes. You know, got to get that Canadian feel. I'm not sure if Nikki Bella would have been the person I thought maybe it would have been Naomi. Right. But, you know, got to get that Canadian feel in there. Um, not sure how the whodunit's going to play out as far as SmackDown Live in the coming weeks. Maybe it goes to a number one contendership for the Women's Championship. But, you know, I just thought that Nikki Bella being attacked from behind, I think that was the wrong person to do it to. Why would you... You know, I understand her frustration, quote unquote, as being a coach. But why would you take out the strongest member of the SmackDown Live team that's not the champion? I mean, it, it might be even be a fact that Nikki Bella's hurt. I'm not sure. Chip, do you know? Do you think that it's maybe that Nikki's hurt, or do you think they're just trying to get Natalia into this match? I think it was more trying to get Natalia into the match. But one thing that kind of disappointed me about it was they didn't commentary i don't know if you guys picked up on it is they didn't really even mention it during the match that nikki wasn't in the match who attacked her they didn't play into that at all so i don't know if they're going forward with it as a storyline and if they don't that probably you're probably right that means she's injured and i wouldn't be surprised with the surgery she's coming off of wouldn't be shocking at all if it was a neck injury again yeah and um you know taping this as we do right after the show we it's hard you know to get the news so we don't really know what's going on it could be a f- the fact that nikki's hurt we're not sure yet and uh, you know but anyways natalia goes into the match to replace nikki bella and so there were they started the match with um the raw women kind of not on the same page they're you know blind tagging each other in and Charlotte and Sasha Banks almost get into it. Bailey becomes peacemaker. It breaks down. All the SmackDown women, all the Raw women are in there until Nia Jax gets in the ring, pulls all the SmackDown women off the Raw women, and, you know, the one woman peacemaker was Nia Jax. Uh, also, Nia Jax, uh, her, 
usually they they have a, have her really made up uh, like a model, but she had her like more eye makeup this time that made her look a little more menacing rather than you know uh, a model. What did you think about this like subtle change? I don't, did you even notice this chip with uh, Nia Jax? I did. It, it was it was weird. As the paper shredder falls my foot. Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Chips challenges. How, yes. <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard it. Um, I did. Uh, it, it was it was weird. The the makeup kind of just over overpowered everything, but they always go close up on her eyes, and it, it's always just kind of... I, I guess it makes sense for her, but it just it, it was a little much, I guess. I mean, I'm not a makeup enthusiast or anything here, but <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> it, was just, it was just a little bit much, I guess. And to go with the... Uh, her gear is just weird too, but that's a common complaint amongst everybody. But ow! Shift <laughs> <laughs> challenge number two, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I don't think uh, you know the gear. Everybody's going to complain about about something. I didn't see the the eye makeup as really much of a as a problem, more as it was a test. You know, I think to your point mike it's more of a let's see what what's going to happen we know that she's got this this body type that she's you know a bulldozer and she overpowers all the women on on monday night raw so let's see if we can make her more intimidating more menacing and i think it's a test i think you're going to be seeing a couple more tests as far as that and like chip said you know, I'm not a makeup enthusiast either. So, <laughs> well, was the makeup intimidating to you, or was it just too much of makeup? I, I don't know if they were going for an intimidating look or anything like that, or if it was just a ton of makeup. To, to me, it was a not used to that kind of thing. Yeah, the makeup was kind of coming down her nose. Oh, we're spending far too much time. <laughs> talking Again, about I'm not a makeup enthusiast. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Chip K5. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. <laughs> okay, let us move on. Uh, the first elimination happened pretty early on. Alicia Fox eliminates Carmella with uh, a severely modified axe kick. Um, I'm not sure. Oh, man, that was bad. Yeah, I'm not sure. Carmella really saw it coming, but uh, it came and uh, Fox pinned Carmella. And then. Pretty quickly thereafter, uh, Alexa Bliss eliminated Fox, and a big pop for uh, Alexa Bliss as she did this. She was very popular with the the fans here tonight, and I think she's popular with you guys too, right? Oh, absolutely! <laughs> oh my God, yeah, she's. We've talked about it on uh, our show is that she's probably been the MVP of the brand split. Uh, Tony, I know you had a lot to say about that, but I'd argue all night that she is the MVP of the brand split so far. Are we talking about Harley Bliss? We're talking about Harley Quinn. I mean, Harley Bliss, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. No, Check I... the makeup podcast. We'll talk about it there. <laughs> oh, that, that's your spinoff, okay? But I... You know, your chip's right, and I think the crowd, especially in Toronto, as Jerry Lawler would say back in the day, Bizarro Land, I think that Toronto appreciates people that give effort, and that's a little bit different but appeals to them and i think alexa bliss definitely is the one of the unsung mvps of not just smackdown but the entire main roster women's division i think she got the loudest reaction of the night and for a pretty much dead crowd throughout the night yeah the crowd uh, was kind of uh, up and down all night long um polar opposite of uh takeover last night yes indeed yes yes sir and okay, let's go back to the makeup enthusiast Nia Jax. She <laughs> she, she was eliminated uh, after this. Um, 
Wrestling Nia- podcast about checking the makeup. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Nia Jax pushed Naomi into the post, ragdolls her off the apron to the floor, and actually, this isn't Jax's elimination. This is Naomi being eliminated. Jax <laughs> eliminates Naomi by countout. My notes here are just a mess. Oh, my goodness. All right. So from there, uh, let me see here. A sharpshooter by Natalia at one point, and Charlotte gets the ropes. And as the ref backs Natalia off, Charlotte charges at her with a huge big boot, and Natalia gets eliminated from the match. So that leaves Becky and Alexa, and they attempt to double suplex Nia Jax. And Nia Jax instead does the big show double <laughs> suplex, which defies the laws of, of physics and gravity, gravity and all those things. Yes. Right. Solo double suplex? Yes. <laughs> So there was a, a double t- DDT uh, modified by Bliss and Lynch, and then the Disarmor by Becky, and Nia tapped out. Were you surprised by this? Oh, actually, Nia has tapped out before, right, in NXT? Uh, she tapped out to... Um... Bailey, I believe. Uh, yeah, I was going to say yes. Bailey, and she never faced Oscar, did she? No. I didn't think so. But yeah, the, the Disarmor was kind of awkward at first. Like She looked like she was ready to tap, but her arm was still kind of folded, like Becky didn't even have it. So it went a couple seconds long, I think. But uh, it was kind of an awkward uh, finish, but she's an awkward type of person to put that kind of submission on, I guess you could say. Yeah, I mean, she was someone that myself and Brian kind of said wasn't ready at the time she was called up. This has happened, uh, you know, a, a few times where they they rush people to the main roster. And I think she could have uh, used some further seasoning in NXT. But oh, I absolutely. mean, as long as they keep her in long matches on the road with people who are better than her, then, you know. She will get better, but uh, yeah, she still has a little ways to go, as we kind of saw here. But uh, training on the job. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you got to get in there with people that are better than you. Yes, indeed. And after Nia was eliminated, Nia pulls Becky Lynch from the ring to the floor, tosses her into the barricade. Then uh, Becky tags Bliss. Bliss runs right into the big boot from Charlotte and gets pinned. And Becky is alone. It is Bailey and Charlotte versus Becky. Uh, as we go into the final moments of this women's Survivor Series match. So Bailey hits the Bailey to Belly to pin Becky, and Charlotte and Bailey are your survivors. But they're not on the same page for long. Charlotte attacks Bailey almost immediately as their arms are being raised, tosses her into the barricade multiple times, hits the big boot. So it looks like, I mean, it looked like before, and it definitely looks like now it is Charlotte and Bailey going forward what do you think of this match overall tony overall this match did what it was supposed to do it set up the real big story that needed to go forward the charlotte and sasha banks saga is done it needed to be done it needed to get a stamp on it no matter how approving or disapproving hell in a cell was that needed a stamp it's done charlotte needed a next challenger and the fact that bailey tonight got the winning pinfall and not charlotte charlotte of course wants all the glory that went into what happened with attacking bailey so you know smackdown is pretty much set right now we're still trying to figure out the Becky Balboa, Harley Bliss uh, scenario. So we need something for Raw. We need something concrete for Raw. And now we got it. And it's Bailey and Charlotte. Yes. And you did mention Sasha there. And I kind of skipped right over her elimination. Uh, uh, so 
Delayed suplex by Natalia. Sasha falls behind, tries to go for the backstabber, and Alexa comes in. Ref goes to get Alexa out. It distracts Banks and Natalia schoolgirled Sasha Banks to eliminate her. So uh, sorry about that. I mean, these notes are, you know, I was taking notes live as the show was happening. So they're kind of all over the place. So, yes, Sasha Banks was eliminated kind of uh, early on in the match. And so, yes, Charlotte and Bailey are your survivors. You know, I thought that the heat between Charlotte and Sasha and Bailey would kind of prevent them from working as a team and then SmackDown would win. But obviously, that's not what took place. No, I, I felt like the SmackDown women, I mean, obviously watching, we all, feel, well, not we all, not going to speak for everybody, but majority feel that SmackDown has the better women's division. Why not, Why? Why shouldn't they win? But. I guess it just made sense to push a bigger story forward, and that you had a, you, Raw had a win to push the bigger story. Because going forward, you know you're continuing on with Becky and Alexa, and you didn't really know where you were going with Raw until tonight. Okay, from there, they went backstage, and happy James Ellsworth was kind of strutting around, really excited about everything, and he runs into Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. Uh, lots and lots and lots of chin jokes here. I mean, they hit <laughs> They hit it from every single angle, and uh, <laughs> Mick Foley kind of uh, runs in and says, knock it off, and uh, tries to recruit James Ellsworth for SmackDown. I guess he saw that he got a couple wins over the world champion, and, hey, uh, you vice, know. <laughs> vice, hey, Vice Principal Foley, how you doing? Yes. So uh, James says, no thanks. He is SmackDown all the way, and he goes to walk off and runs right into Braun Strowman. Yeah. And then uh, Ellsworth runs away, and that kind of plays into something a little later on, and we'll get into that when we get into the singles Survivor Series match. Okay, next up, it's the Intercontinental Championship, The Miz with Maurice versus Sami Zayn, and your friend Jason Ayers is the referee for this match, Tony. Yes. Yes, Yes, indeed. Michael Cole and Atunga move in, traded out Morrow and Corey Graves, I mean, Michael Cole and Otunga for Morrow and Corey Graves. I know, Chip, you're a Major League Baseball fan. This trade yeah. would never get approved by MLB. No, I'd take a bucket of balls over that. <laughs> <laughs> so in this match, uh, Sami Zayn, of course, has the home country advantage. Miz goes to throw Zayn into the barricade. He jumps up and hits a moonsault onto Miz, which is a cool early spot in the match. Uh, and Maurice gets into his face after that, and he gives her the hand that Maurice always gives to people. And the distraction allows Miz to hit a chop lock to the legs of Zayn to start the heat. And this is kind of the story of the match, working on Zayn's knees the entire time. He wraps the legs around the post at one point, and they call it a steel post. Tony, it, it's a steel post, but it's covered now. Is it covered with steel also? No, it's not. It's some sort of really funky, cool LED lighting, but they're still going to call it a post, maybe because it's still attached in some way or another to the steel post. But, uh, hey, they don't pay me the big bucks to call it a steel post. So Yes, I mean, steel is the only metal used in wrestling, so I mean, it has yes. to be steel. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it, it's got to be. It's, it's the only kind of post we know, Mike. Yes, indeed. Uh, so uh, Miz in this match, doing a lot of referencing to Daniel Bryan, does a mocking yes, 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 and he mm-hmm. hit a series of corner drop kicks. Chip, do you think, I mean, is it smart to keep on teasing this involvement with Miz and Daniel Bryan when we all know that Daniel Bryan will not be getting back into a WWE ring? 
That's the biggest problem. He's not going to get back into a ring, and I so badly want to see that match. It's not going to happen. I know, but it, it just makes me want to see it even more. It, you, it just, you guys it, you guys are big Miz boosters, right? The Mizzle, yep. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, the Miz, if, if this, this match happened in 2010, we know that, but in 2016, it's a whole different match. It's just something I really wanted to see. Well, wish I could see. So it's just kind of disappointing seeing him mocking Daniel Bryan and Daniel Bryan not being able to do anything about it. Yeah, I mean, if Daniel Bryan were to come back for one match, I mean, sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. I wouldn't want it to be Miz. No, I I get that. I agree with that. (laughs) I I wouldn't want it to be the Miz, but it probably would be based on on what we're looking at in front of us right now. That is true. Um, So let's get back to the match here. Uh, There's a big blue thunder bomb and a kick out. I don't think... Zayn has ever beat anyone with his blue thunder bomb, but it looks great. The fans always react to it as a, as a false finish. Yeah, I've I've noticed that too. And to my knowledge, he's never beat at least in WWE. He's never defeated anybody with uh, the blue thunder bomb. But to your point, the fans love seeing it, and it's a big move with a lot of impact. And especially in a point where the fans are really starting to get into the later stages of the match with that kind of a move, with that big impact late in the match, it just brings them more interested into the match. Uh, He's not going to beat anybody with it unless it's, you know, kind of a flash pin kind of a thing. But, you know, as a as a fan, you know, you want to see moves that will pique your interest will bring you right back into the game and that's what the blue thunder bomb does and speaking of that the haluva kick is a move that people want to see but miz avoided it a couple times and there was a figure four by miz of course taught to the miz by his mentor rick flair right it that, that is so weird <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> during, during during that uh non-remembered babyface run back some time ago yes we're a team with the brooklyn brawler for whatever reason well, I think they're in Brooklyn. That's why. Oh yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. Never mind. Well, There's a reason. So, the, so yes, Zayn's knee injury plays into this figure four. They're in there for a couple minutes. You know, Zayn rolls over to reverse the pressure. They roll over again. They're in the ropes. Uh, more Daniel Bryan stuff. He does the Daniel Bryan kicks to the chest. Uh, he goes for the knockout blow, and Zayn ducks, puts him in the figure four. Now misses in the figure four, and Maurice rings the bell. Tony as a referee. I mean, you just have to think that this is the worst thing in the world. Uh, especially now, I, t- I tweeted it earlier tonight. I said, you know, the, the timekeeper's really got to get control over that ring bell hammer. There's a couple of times this year where the bells rang. They've used the bell as ways to end the match, and I think it's becoming a little bit redundant. I think as a referee, if we didn't call for it, it shouldn't happen. And Thank you. And Maurice to ring the bell and then the camera just go right on her. She had the hammer in her hand and then just dropped it and said, he did it. That's kind of a little seven, eight-year-old little brother, sister thing. I didn't do it. Well, she did it kind of thing. Um, but yeah, if, if a referee did, doesn't call for the bell, it, it never happened. And yes. that's the way I look at it. 
and Sami Zayn foolishly released the hold when the bell rang. There's confusion. The announced team, for some reason, they saw Maurice with the hammer in her hand standing over the bell, but they, they, they're wondering what happened. Did Maurice <laughs> ring the bell or not? There's plenty of confusion, and in the confusion, Ms. Schoolboys, Sami Zayn, for the three count, retaining the Intercontinental title. Chip, I know there was a lot of speculation that if Sami Zayn won this title, he would move to SmackDown. Is that something you wanted to see? I wanted to see him move to SmackDown, but um, I, I felt that the Cruiserweights were also going to SmackDown, so I didn't really think the Intercontinental, Intercontinental title staying on SmackDown was the right idea if the Cruiserweights were going there, so I felt that if he did win, he was going to end up staying on Raw. So instead, neither things happens. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. no, so I was wrong again. <laughs> <laughs> and this was your pick. You picked Miz. This was your... Only victory of the night, correct, Chip? Yes. That was my only win. What a a win that is. A little sneak preview of the next episode of Checking the Boots when uh, Tony tallies up all the uh, results. But, yeah, there's a little preview for you. That was Chip's only win of the night. (laughs) Yep. Yep. I'm not happy. (laughs) All right. Sorry, Chip. Uh, It's okay. I'll get over it. Okay. So from there. After I cry a little. Dean Ambrose was watching this match backstage and AJ walks in. So TLC is happening in two weeks. It is a SmackDown only pay-per-view and the main event has already been announced. It is a TLC match between AJ and Dean for the world championship. And they start talking trash to each other backstage. Shane comes in to try to get them on the same page. But obviously, as we will talk about later on in that match, it really is for naught. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Dean Ambrose. Yes. And Thank you, Shield. <laughs> yes, we will get into that. Okay, the tag team Survivor Series match. So many people. Just give me a few minutes here, and I'll run through them all. And, of course, before we do that, Dan Angler, also known as Rudy Charles, you referee for this matchup. And it is Enzo and Cass. And uh, Chip, maybe you can help me here. You're uh, I- I've got the card here. I, well, I just want to chip to to weigh in here. I am too old. I didn't get anything that Enzo was saying in his promo. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm maybe young, but I didn't even know what lit meant until somebody at work who happens to be 65 years old tell, told me what it meant. So <laughs> that's that's my extent of slang. Uh, uh, lit lit was a band. That's that's the definition I got. Somebody told me it's lit. I thought they meant they lit a match. So that's that's my slang. Uh, <laughs> okay, so maybe, my slang. maybe that's not a question for you. All right, well let's just no. move on anyway. Uh, also, Enzo Cast, the Shining Stars, Primo and Epico, Gallus and Anderson, Sheamus and Cesaro, and the WWE Raw Tag Team Champions, The New Day, who are represented as Kofi Kingston and Biggie this time out, and they were taking on. Team SmackDown, which is the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, Heath Slater and Rhino, Breezango, which is Tyler Breeze and Fandango, Jimmy and Jay Uso, the Hype Bros, or uh, I should say the Brothers of Hype. If there we're, we go. Uh, yes, if we're uh, talking, checking the boots language here. Zack Ryder and Mojo Rawley, of course. And American Alpha rounds out the team, Jason Jordan and Chad Gable. Okay, for this match, uh, for some reason I noted here that everyone kept their shirts on. okay let's just move on from that um okay mike Mike crockett best notes in the business thank you very much and uh fandango starts out the match by handing out fashion violations (laughs) 
himself and Tyler Breeze are doing a fashion police type thing, and uh, they did say "uggo" on on the tickets, right? I, I'm not sure. I did, I did not. I did not get a. We'll have to uh, thought, check into that. I thought I saw it saying "uggo" on all the slips. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> fantastic. But anyway, as he was uh, handing out fashion violations, especially to the new day. Big E just hoisting him up on his shoulder. Kofi came off the top rope. The big ending. And Brizongo was eliminated just like that seconds into the match. And from there, the Usos hit a super kick on Kofi and eliminated the New Day flat. Right like that. This is all within the first, like, 30 seconds of the match. So the wow. te- Yes, the team captains of Raw were eliminated right away. Big surprise for you, Tony? Absolutely. You would think that the new day, especially with their near record breaking reign as WWE slash Raw Tag Team Champions, that they would be represented a lot better in the Survivor Series Tag Team Elimination match as they were tonight. That to me was one of the most shocking eliminations of the night. Just seeing the the tag team champions just beat flat just like that. The, to me, that was that was a, a a complete shock and totally unexpected. It was, it was. And uh, okay, from there, the magic killer on Zack Ryder eliminated the hype bros for the match. And did you see, Tony, this Steiner Brothers top row bulldog by American Alpha? <laughs> Loved it. Took me back, yes. <laughs> so that eliminated the shining stars from the match. That made it three teams on three. And there was... Uh, Craziness all over the place. A dive by Enzo. Big boots to Rhino by Cass. Slater with a top rope stage dive to the floor. Uh, It was all kinds of business going on. American Alpha were with Sheamus and Cesaro in the ring. Uh, There was a somersault dive by Gable. And then in the ring, Gallison Anderson hit the Magic Killer on Jordan and eliminated American Alpha, who I really thought had a uh, chance to go far in this match. But... uh, it wasn't meant to be. So Heath Slater fires up after that until he gets hit with an Anderson Spinebuster. And Chip, it really seems like they're trying to you know, put a little oomph behind the club, Gallus and the Anderson, in this match. Well, they have to because right. what, what else? Have they, they haven't done anything with them. It, th- this was the place for them to finally be the dominant team that they were supposed to be when they came in. And uh, I don't know what that was. Uh, <laughs> Uh-oh, no and, chips challenge? Yeah, I don't know what it was. Though. I think it was my knee. <laughs> Uh, we're, uh, we're number need, three. You don't need that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they're, they're supposed to be brought in as this dominant club in Japan. They were huge. They were this dominant team that ran roughshod all over Japan. Now they came to WWE and practically became a joke. I thought this was the time for them to finally look dominant in WWE. And I kind of mission accomplished. Yeah, sort of, kind of. Sort of, <laughs> yes. kind of. Uh, well, Rhino Gord Gallows, and uh, they eliminated that team. So it was, yeah. uh, I guess, short-lived, but they did get a couple eliminations there. So that's uh, good on them. From there is a rocket launcher from Enzo and Cass onto Rhino to eliminate Rhino. And that leaves Enzo and Cass and Sheamus and Cesaro versus the Usos. Uh, from there is an Uso super kick and top rope splash on Enzo. And that eliminated that team. And I've got... Tons of stuff going on here. 
Yada, 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 yada. <laughs> Cesaro swing into a sharpshooter on one of the Usos and Jimmy Uso with a kick to the back of Cesaro's knee as he was uh, attempting to hit the sharpshooter. And then he dove onto Sheamus. And then there was a tequila sunrise in the ring by Jay Uso. Cesaro reverses it into a sharpshooter. And yep. the other Uso looks to super kick Cesaro, but is cut off by a brogue kick. And then the Uso taps out. Yes, and Cesaro and Sheamus are, as Michael Cole would say, your sole survivors. But, I mean, it is one team, right? But I mean, Michael Cole calls you know three guys that survived the sole survivors, which right. yeah makes no it's sense so, at all. It's Michael soul, Cole, so, yeah, sole surviving team. And this tag match, I think, had everything that it, the tag match needed to. It had a lot of risks being taken, you know couple of Cesaro swings, a couple of uppercut parties, because there ain't no party like it. A yes. uh, cu- couple of Swiss 1-9s, and I thought, that, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I thought that, you know, minus the fact that the New Day got eliminated to Chip's point, it got the ball a little bit rolling on the club as far as where they wanted to, where they want to be and where they should be. I did also think that American Alpha should have maybe been one of the, if not the sole surviving team. But now that Sheamus and Cesaro are the sole survivors for this tag team elimination match, maybe it puts them in line for a raw tag team championship match. And I think it does because Stephanie and Mick were backstage after this. And I think Stephanie made that match for Raw tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. They did. They confirmed for tomorrow night. All right, so we'll have to take a look at that. Um, so, Chip, uh, who did you pick for that match? I picked uh, Team SmackDown. <laughs> okay, yeah, just just checking there. <laughs> I was okay. I was very wrong. <laughs> okay, on to the Cruiserweight Championship. It was Kalisto versus the Brian Kendrick, and Derek Moore is your referee for this matchup. And as I mentioned, Morrow and Corey Graves, the two man team calling this match they pushed the 205 live show and the biggest news for me was jack gallagher was in the graphic i yes. love that man yes <laughs> love him he is he, fantastic he is a staple now of the cruiserweight division just by graphics alone and if anybody knows about graphics around here it's crockett and me there you go <laughs> 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 Very good. Very good. Okay, so early on, the slice bread number two was averted, and the Salida del Sol also averted. The cutoff was Kendrick hit a schoolboy into the middle turnbuckle. Uh, kind of uh, very reminiscent of one Brian Fury, if I if I may say so, uh, Tony. Yes, sir. And that's kind of where Brian Kendrick took over. He actually put Kalisto's head and torso between the steps and the ring and then ran and kicked it. So that kind of uh, put the exclamation point on that there. Uh, the Spanish fly by Kalisto uh, onto Kendrick from the apron to the floor. I mean, that was a that was a huge spot. Oh, my um, God. Yeah. So um, let's just get right to it. I mean, Kalisto is about to win the match. She's on the top rope. And Baron Corbin does a big run-in, destroying both men. Um, I mean, people have been saying, I've heard on a bunch of different podcasts, people like, the, the cruiserweights are too separate. You know, don't keep the cruiserweights over here. Put them all together. Let them wrestle the other guys. And Guys, this is what happens when WWE does this. It's inevitable yeah. that if you, if you put these rosters together, if you take the cruiserweights and mix them in with everybody else, 
the their first instinct, like Vince especially, the first instinct, I'm talking like I know Vince personally, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> the first instinct is to take a guy, a small guy, and put him with the big guy so the big guy can look impressive. I mean, this is kind of like a case of be careful what you wish for, and I hope that this is it. This is just to get Baron Coburn's storyline over and it's done with, but yeah, I want I don't want to see these guys mixing up with the the heavyweights at all. I I think we're going to see Baron Corbin and Kalisto uh, just finish off their rivalry and then uh, Baron Corbin will move on up to the main event scene um, around the world title picture. I really do think that. But I agree with you. The Cruiserweight just need to stay together. You know, don't don't we don't need James Ellsworth and Braun Strowman. We we just need 205, (laughs) 205 and under to stay together. Don't need to be mixed up with the heavyweights. We don't need that mess because like you said, that's what you get. You get a mess. Yes. Yeah, we don't need the cruiserweights to, you know, get a symptom of Rey Mysterio syndrome and all of a sudden just go for the heavyweights. You know? In, in some cases, it works like Rey Mysterio, but more times than not, it's not going to work. Not right. now when you're when you're trying to reestablish an entire division that you pretty much decimated on your own about eight years ago. In the Rey Mysterio era, there was no cruiserweight division. There was just a title. Yeah, but at least at least there was, you know, there was athletes surrounding it just like this one. But when you decimate an entire division and basically told the wrestling industry that, all right, anybody under 240 pounds, 230 pounds basically is non-existent in our world right now. Right. That sets the tone for the entire industry. But now that you're putting 175, 185 to 205 guys and you're having them fight for a championship you're making it seem to the fans that they're important and they all need to stick together because they can only grow with each other yeah that's why i'm behind this 205 live show i mean even though it's another hour of wrestling tv per week i mean it's something it is their own show they stick around with with each other they have great matches and i just hope that the crowd you know, after two hours of SmackDown isn't dead tired, and I hope they give the show a chance. And uh, that remains to be seen, you know, a week from Tuesday when 205 Live kicks off. Uh, Daniel Bryan confronts Baron Corbin after this match, and Baron Corbin says that Kalisto is a little pest, and the last thing we need is more little pests, you know, looking at Daniel Bryan. Sounds like my boss yelling at me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. You're, you're, you're having a rough week. You're having a rough <laughs> week. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's move on to the singles Survivor Series match, refereed by John Cohn. Of course, the mascot, James Ellsworth, was out first, and he represents Shane McMahon, Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton, the WWE World Champion AJ Styles, and Dean Ambrose. For some reason, AJ Styles was out, and then Dean Ambrose afterwards. So that was Ridiculousness. A little, that was a little strange. But anyway, uh, they were taking on Team Raw, which is Braun Strowman, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Chris Jericho, and the WWE Universal Champion, Kevin Owens. Uh, It started out with AJ Styles and Kevin Owens, and they kind of got to a stalemate. Uh, Then Seth and Dean got in there, and there was another stalemate. Shane McMahon is uh, is in the match at one point and does a little float like a butterfly, sting like a bee, and then (laughs) took a top rope dropkick directly to the mush. By Chris yes. Jericho, the replay you see, he is just getting hit straight in the face, which was brutal. yes, was brutal and amazing all at the same time. <laughs> uh, 
So at one point, Dean Ambrose was coming back on Owens until Jericho came in to stop it, yelling, that's my best friend. <laughs> right. And then uh, Jericho got in the ring at that point. So then everyone came in the ring and there was a huge standoff and then a huge Pandemonium brawl. broken loose. Yes. Pandemonium chaos broke loose. So there is a, a dive, a house show dive from Dean Ambrose onto Braun Strowman who caught him and proceeded to walk from here over yonder to his grandmother's yeah. house and back <laughs> before AJ finally dove on to both of them to wipe them out. That was uh, a little Walking awkward. <laughs> it was yes. so awkward. Probably like walking around people who are brawling, guys on his team, guys not on his team, before finally AJ dove on top of them. Yes. Uh, and then Kevin Owens with a senton dive off the post onto the big group. Uh, Shane goes for a dive after that, and Braun grabs him by the throat, pushes him into the ring. Braun hit a running power slam to eliminate Dean Ambrose at this point. And the big thing here that commentary made sure to point out is that AJ didn't make the save right right before that dean and aj uh were you know fighting back and forth amongst each other and shane trying to break it up once again as they did in the backstage segment but uh you know once dean was down from braun and the pin was applied aj just sat there and watched it happen so that kind of plays into something a little later on in the match from there, Braun is destroying Shane McMahon. AJ attempts a phenomenal forearm, gets caught, and Braun scarily dumps oh, oh. him over the top rope to the floor. What that was take horrifying. You? Yes. I thought he was dead. Yes. You you, you were uh, on your feet, Tony, when you saw this? Yes I, yes, I was. I said holy expletive, and I did not say expletive, but you could figure it out. Uh, I said that. Uh, that was scary and horrifying. That is as close to a car crash happening right in front of my eyes as I'm ever going to see. That was horrific. History of back problems for AJ, too. That's what scared me most. Is, oh, my God. Right on his back. He's he's done. <laughs> yeah, it, it seemed like he was okay, though. Um, oh, yeah. Okay, from there, Bray attempted to sway Braun Strowman to you know rejoin the clan, and he throttles Chris Jericho, turning on his own. Uh, on his own teammate, but then throttles Bray as well and turns his attention away from Chris Jericho, goes to Bray, and uh, Braun goes out of the ring and starts preparing the German announce table. But then Randy Orton hits an RKO out of nowhere onto Braun, bouncing him off the table. Um, where do we go from here? There's a lot of notes here. Oh, my goodness, gravy. For an hour <laughs> and eight-minute match, I'm not surprised. Yes, this match did go <laughs> over an hour. So from there, Braun was held down on the American announce table by Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt, and Shane recovered, headed the top rope, and hit his standard elbow through the table. Uh, this is a great spot here. Strowman gets up by a nine count. The referee is at nine, He and Strowman is at the apron, ready to get in the ring, and he can't get in the ring. And everyone's like, what the hell's going on? And the camera pans down. You see elsewhere. Uh, you see someone. I shouldn't. Oh, I just ruined it. Spoiler, spoiler alert. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> you, see, you see someone grabbing his legs so he can't get back in the ring. And it was, of course, James Ellsworth under the ring, grabbing his legs so he couldn't get into the ring. Strowman is eliminated by countout, and he kills Ellsworth. They gets him up on the stage and ragdolls him off the stage through a table. And this table, uh, Tony, can you clarify this for me? There are boxes of pizza on this table. 
I believe Papa John's pizza was on was on those tables. Who, who was having a pizza party at the arena? <laughs> I, I don't know, but next thing I know, I see my buddy Jason Ayers and uh, another referee come out. So I hope it wasn't them. I'm pretty sure it wasn't. <laughs> but uh, yeah, nice to see that Papa John's was well represented here tonight. Okay, Owens to, said to AJ one point for the apron. You know, AJ uh, flashes a look to Owens, and Owens says, "What are you looking at? Can you even see through that stupid haircut?" I uh, love it. <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, Chris gets uh, put in the calf crusher by AJ, and he gets out of it by slamming his head into the mat. And you hear Owens say, "See what happens when you have a stupid haircut." <laughs> he grabs him because he was grabbing by the hair and slamming his head into the mat. So uh, Owens always good for a couple of funny lines from uh, from the ring. If you want to laugh from Kevin Owens, uh, if you have time at some point, go back and watch the pre-show, the live Q and A with Tom Phillips, Kevin Owens, and Chris Jericho. It's five minutes of comedy gold. Oh Jesus! Anything with them is is comedy gold. <laughs> I'll have to go back and take a listen to that. Uh, so AJ knocks Owens off the apron and. Owens comes in with a list of Jericho, nails AJ with it, hits a pop-up powerbomb, and Owens is disqualified in the crowd. The Canadian crowd does not like this one bit. Am I Goes correct? Berserk. Yes. So uh, Jericho hastily picks up all the sheets of paper on the ground, puts them in the corner, and Orton turns him around, hits an RKO, gets a three count, and the best friends go out back-to-back in this match. Best friends go out back to back. Yes. Okay, so that leaves us with Rollins and Reigns versus Wyatt, Orton, Styles, and Shane. Uh, Shane ends up going bananas, hits a DDT. He catches Rollins' leg. He throws a kick, right? And then Shane rams Rollins' head into his own knee. Which is tremendous. It's so awesome. That was new. That was something different. Uh, Innovative, I guess. <laughs> yes. And then he hits a modified spine buster, uh, extremely modified, if I uh, may say. A and lot of Sh- modified moves in this pay-per-view. Yes. And Shane sets him up for the Van Terminator. And, you know, he's got Ra- he's got uh, Reigns in the far corner, goes to the opposite corner to hit the, you know, the coast-to-coast drop kick. But he is speared out of the air by Roman Reigns. And this one's strange. The ref counts to two, but apparently the shoulder's up. Uh, Shane is glassy-eyed. The ref stops his count at two, checks on Shane. There's lots of confusion, and the ref simply says that Shane McMahon is eliminated. Tony, what's your take on this? Uh, I saw that, and at first I you know, said to myself, you know, what's going on? But when I looked at it back, uh, John Cohen made the right call. Yes, you know, number one. Shane McMahon's shoulder was up, so it was right for him to stop the count. Also, you know, when he checked on Shane, you know, that was good. I know it was a little bit of confusion because of the fact of, you know, there was a really high point in the match, especially with range just with a monster comeback spear to Shane McMahon in midair. Uh, the only thing that I would have done different is if the ring announcer would have explained why Shane McMahon was eliminated because for all that we know all that the ring announcer said was Shane McMahon was eliminated um we all know now that you know obviously the doctors and the trainers deemed that Shane McMahon was unable to compete I kind of wish that 
that would have been explained that way would have that way the fans would have gotten a better understanding as to why instead of just leaving us as in suspense as to okay well you know what happened you know there was a two count but it looked like a three and we're all up but it's we're not sure and Shane's not moving and it's all confusing and we're not really sure but uh I gotta give Kudos to John Cohn for keeping his his head in the swivel and acting quickly during this whole mass confusion and chaos regarding Shane McMahon. Yeah, I'm not quite sure if I mean, that was what was supposed to happen. I'm guessing it wasn't, but uh, yeah. Well, you uh, kind of have to assume that that was the way Shane was getting eliminated, anyways, right? Right. I would I would think yeah. it, was, it was supposed to be a three count right there. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I just assume that Roman hit him high. People were saying that. He may have dislocated a shoulder, and I I can buy that too. But just the way his eyes getting all getting glassy, he wasn't communicating for, you know, I'd say fifteen seconds. Uh, so that's what scared me most: the non-communication. But then when he finally started communicating, I don't know if you guys noticed, he was tapping his head, you know, saying, you know, I hit my head off the mat, probably whiplash too. So hopefully yeah. everything's all good. But I'm gonna imagine there's a concussion there. Yeah, I'm sure the uh, by the time people hear this, the news will probably be probably be out on what's going on with uh, with Shane McMahon. Uh, hopefully, he's doing okay. Styles is alone in the ring, and Ambrose comes back out and attacks him from behind. Uh, security is out to pull Ambrose away, but Rollins and Reigns attack the security to allow Ambrose to come back, and we have our brief. Long anticipated shield reunion, yes. And there is a triple power bomb on AJ Styles through the American announce table. Is it no through the third announce table? Through the German announce table. And so Styles is triple power bombed, rolled into the ring, and pinned. Um, Rollins and Reigns are back to back in the ring as the two members of the Wyatt family, Wyatt and Orton, are on the floor, and then a third appears. Luke Harper appears at ringside, and a melee begins. Luke ends up posting Roman Reigns. Rollins hits a sling blade on Wyatt and then dives over the top rope onto Harper. Rollins is firing up on Wyatt, and he comes off the top rope, but into an RKO by Randy Orton and Bray pins Rollins, and that leaves Roman Reigns all alone against two members of the Wyatt family. But Reigns runs wild, hits a spear on Harper on the outside. He avoids Sister Abigail, hits a Superman punch, but Orton pushes Bray out of the way and takes a spear for Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt is legal and hits Sister Abigail right away for the win. Wyatt and Orton are your survivors in the match. So that match... What did you guys think of that match? I, I For an hour and eight minutes, I think it was, it was my favorite match. It was my match of the night. Uh, I, I wasn't, bo- for an hour long match, I wasn't bored for a minute. Thought it went very, aside from Shane, I thought everything pr- went the way it was supposed to go. And uh, every pinfall meant something. Uh, progressing stories forward. So I, I really liked it. To add to Chip's point, that match told stories from all around through everyone and told the story of Braun Strowman being a complete monster decimating everybody it told the story of the best friends you know whatever you know the either the Chris or Ken Kevin show or the Kevin and Chris show take your pick it told their story about how you know they stick together uh James Ellsworth playing a part as the 
as a SmackDown mascot, sacrificing himself, even if it meant going through a table with Papa John's pizza on it. Um, nope. It just <laughs> it the whole the whole match told a story, even with everybody anticipating that we've got three members of the Shield for a brief second. It happened. The unexpected, you know, Randy Orton sur- sacrificing himself uh, for Bray Wyatt which we're still probably going to get an end game for that story. Shane McMahon proving why he's a hands-on commissioner, able to get into the the heat of the battle and doing a fantastic job in that in that match. Everybody did great. Everybody played a part and to Chip's point for 64 minutes of time sure didn't feel like it. Let's get on to the main event. We've talked about it a lot. But let's uh Get a couple more notes here. The main event, Brock Lesnar with Paul Heyman versus Goldberg. Chad Patton, your referee for this one. I mean, people were worried about going in, uh, the reaction for Goldberg in Toronto, because, you know, I guess this is where Goldberg um, injured Bret Hart. So there is some bad blood there. But uh, really, there's... that's an interesting note. Didn't know that. Yeah, there was no evidence of that. Uh, Goldberg chance before he's even announced. um, And... They did the whole deal, which is great, uh, from WCW, where the officer knocks on the door. He, you know, he comes out. They follow him all the way to the ring, and yeah, as we said, um, first Brock Lesnar picks him up and drives him into the corner, but Goldberg pushes him and he goes right down to the mat. Two spears right off the bat. Heyman at ringside is pleading with Goldberg, you know, <laughs> putting his hands together, praying, please, please, please jackhammer and pin as you said 90 seconds on the dot chip and so then his celebrating with his family you know his wife his son his and maybe his parents are there as well and then you know a little strangely his son is shirtless all of a sudden <laughs> that was and the gets weirdest part of it all <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's very strange all of a sudden the kid didn't have a shirt on let's get all right why not why not but so the Security couldn't do anything about it. They were all taken out by the shield. They couldn't do anything about it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So uh, you got two shirtless Goldbergs for the price of one, and they all, you know, uh, the pay-per-view goes off the air with Goldberg after decimating Brock Lesnar. Goldberg standing tall. So that that is Survivor Series 2016. And uh, what was your pick for that match, Chip? <laughs> <laughs> I picked Brock. Okay, just ask. Well, actually, actually you you picked Brock too, Tony. So, uh, you know, let, I, let me reiterate. Got other ones, right? Yes, uh, I think. Uh, which I'll I'll tabulate it, but I think uh, Croc and I have the same record. Um, I have right. the worst one, don't I? We'll, we'll find that out on version nineteen. I don't want to speculate. Uh, yes. <laughs> but- Yes, uh, and the podcast challenge series, folks, it was announced on Checking the Boots. It is me and Brian Malonis. It is Tony and Chip. It is Matt McCool from the Pipe Bomb with McCool and Company and Ant from Rant with Ant, both those shows on the NAI Network. And, yes, make sure you check out Checking the Boots this weekend as the tabulator tabulates and we find out who is in the lead as we begin our journey to WrestleMania. Right, Tony? Yes, we're... We are, you know, WWE starts their road to WrestleMania in January. Well, we started it in November. Why so not? Why, why not? You know, uh, uh, the road to WrestleMania doesn't, uh, is not confined to just one street. So we decided to 
carve our own path uh, to WrestleMania. So the podcast challenge series has officially begun. Uh, I will be tabulating with the, all the numbers and the records. And from there, we go to TLC in two weeks. So we're looking for it on Sundays now, checking the Boots podcast. Yeah, by the time I finish, by the time we finish editing it, uh, we usually put it out on Saturday mornings. All right, so make sure to check out Checking the Boots. Sunday mornings, I'm sorry. Yes, the Check of the Boots podcast is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, podcast.com. Damn you guys. I can't get on <laughs> podcast.com. I'll look into it more for you. Yes, and uh, wherever you get your podcast, really, you can find Check in the Boots. Basically, if you just, you know, obviously for the wrestling podcast, but nothing as well, just a simple Google search for Check in the Boots podcast and all of our all the platforms that we are on uh, will be there for you. So regardless of whether you have iTunes or not, everybody's got Google. So uh, definitely just search for us and uh, you can check in with us a number of ways. Fantastic. And you guys are on Twitter. It is at ChipKCTB and at RefereeTonyS, correct? That's correct. That is correct. That is correct, sir. Tremendous. And so I, I mean, I've worked alongside Tony for many years. Never met you, Chip. But um, I want to say, I mean, I announced at the beginning of the podcast this week that I am going to be in attendance at Chaotic Wrestling on December sixteenth for Brian Fury's final match. I actually, the extended hiatus is ending. Chip, I mean, Tony, I don't even know if you know this. I probably should have checked in with with the senior official first. <laughs> no, no, but, nobody, nobody checks in with the senior <laughs> official about anything anymore. But there, there was a request put in, and I have been tasked with uh, refereeing uh, Brian Fury's final match. So I am coming back, and I hope I will see you, Tony, there. And Chip, I hope to see you there and maybe meet you on December 16th. You will 16th. see me there. Okay, great. Fantastic. And I did, say, I did say on Twitter that if anybody had that, it would be you. Uh, you, you know, for, for somebody who has unfortunately worked with me for a long time. <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> I, have, I have put Mike Crockett through so much BS outside of chaotic wrestling. It is pathetic. But, um, <laughs> but uh, it's a pleasure to be uh, working alongside you in a, in a refereeing capacity and on a podcast capacity as well. This has been fun. And I know that uh, Mike Crockett, uh, outside of wrestling in his in his k5 life has been uh has, has been a fruitful one but uh yes. within the last uh five and a half years we haven't taken a picture yet oh my goodness we gotta get that done <laughs> so uh we we have to get that done but uh on a personal note you've you have helped me through a lot even when uh, this tall referee didn't know what the hell he was doing and still <laughs> doesn't so uh on a personal note, i just wanted to thank you uh on your show thank you for for helping me uh in chaotic and uh just just being a good go-to stand-up guy and it's a pleasure to be here on your critically acclaimed podcast my friend <laughs> thank you very much tony uh, the sentiment goes both ways definitely and chip it'd be great to meet you on december 16th and it was absolutely fantastic to have you both here on the wrestling podcast about nothing talking a little survivor series and i hope we can uh, get together again sometime soon absolutely thank you we appreciate it i am looking forward to that as well let's get it let's get it done all right fantastic thank you very much chip k fabe tony s 
They are the Check of the Boots podcast. Make sure you find them wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks very much, guys. Thank you. Thank you. And, of course, share with us your thoughts on the Survivor Series by going to Twitter at the WPAN or Facebook.com slash the WPAN. We want to hear from you. Interact. Let's talk on Twitter and Facebook. All right. Let's get right to your promo about nothing. A little early for it this week, but why the hell not? Let's do it. 1985 is the year. April of 1985 in the WWF. Now, we've done a number of these in the past, these Gene Okerlund interviews, stand-up interviews. Okerlund's there interviewing these guys. And we did one with Don Morocco in episode 11 and with Kemp Patera in episode 14. And coincidentally, both these folks are represented in this week's promo about nothing. Let's take a listen. I couldn't be more impressed than seeing... The magnificent Morocco from Sunset. Oh, Don Morocco. Don, come on in here. I saw you surfing over there in those those huge breakers in Hawaii. Some of the greatest surfing, I guess, in the entire world. That was fantastic, wasn't it? It was. It's so nice to get a chance to chit-chat with you a little bit. What would you like to know about the magnificent one? I mean? I, I'd like to know, is this something, is this a regular part of your training? What, what, what kind of a training, uh, training schedule do you go through? Well, first of all, above all, you have hard, vigorous workouts, you know. In the water, on the sand, up and down the mountains, running and training. But then you gotta watch your diet. At a certain time, every day, every three, four hours, you gotta eat. As a matter of fact, it's time like that. Would you like a donut? A donut? A donut. This is what happens. This is how you maintain chapter six down. Have a donut. You gotta have a donut. No, no. Donnie, please. I got donuts. I got donuts all the time. I see that. I'll help him to work donuts. I can't hear a thing. I can't. I can't hear a thing. I can't hear a thing. Your mouth is full. Don't eat with your mouth. Okay, have a donut anyway. I said, you know, just a little You have to maintain a Spartan regiment. You have to have a. I want to take a bite. Thank, thank you, magnificent Morocco. God, I'm glad I asked that question. I'm glad, I'm really glad that I that I asked Bobby Heenan come on in. I don't certainly you don't let your men train like that. I've got the powdered sugar all over me. What, what are you laughing about? You know, seems like everybody's laughing about something these days. Well, the reason I'm laughing and what amuses me is the fact. Hey, what did you just do? Kiss my bicycle. You didn't just kiss it. Oh yes, I certainly did. Come here. Are you envious? Are you jealous? No, but I think that's a little ridiculous. I got one guy shoving donuts down his mouth. How mean, Jim? What a Spartan regiment we're on. Bobby Heenan. Mr. Patera's in the gym before most you people get up. And when most of you people go to bed, Sudden Patera are back in the gym. They're athletes. They're always in training. I'm constantly negotiating contracts. I'm constantly using my brains to outsmart all these so-called other brilliant people in professional wrestling. And it doesn't take much effort to do that. John Studd was not slammed by Andre the Giant. Hey, I want to make... He didn't that. retire. No, he didn't retire because the man's an a liar. He should retire. He's not going to get the money. He got a piece of it, but he's not going to get the money. I'll tell you what he's going to get. What? 
You know those donuts that Mr. Morocco had out here? Yeah. That's what he's going to get. And not much left of them. There won't be much left of Andre the Giant either. That, that, that is powdered sugar, by the way. Oh, All over. What a slob. Oh, please. Well, thank you. Ken Patera and Bobby the Brady of Bib. You've got to be. Uh, that music reminds me of Handsome Johnny. Uh, his, the worst music he's ever had. Uh, Warbeat Hansen now, of course, and he is over in Japan. Congratulations to him. Good luck to him in the World Tag League. But uh, yeah, Todd, that is the worst music you ever had. You know I hate it. And anyway, let's move on. Uh, can I ask what was the point? Can I ask what the point was of that Morocco promo? <laughs> who, who is he wrestling? What the hell is going on? He's got powdered sugar coming out of his pockets. He's Stuffing these donuts in his face. This is his training regimen, as he says to Gene. And then you got Kempatera coming in, kissing his bicep, and Gene just goes bananas, just pops big for it. I don't know if this is, I mean, it's 1985. Maybe this is the first time anyone has kissed their own bicep. We've seen it a thousand times, but apparently something there's something with this and because Gene is just laughing, and Heenan actually has to walk off camera. He's apparently laughing as well about it. But uh, Heenan gets it back on track. A true pro in the face of all this buffoonery. You know, he mentions that Big John Stud was not slammed by Andre. I mean, of course, there's nothing to do with Patera, who's out here for this promo. But, I mean, one take. This is what they do with these things. One take, they put it in the can, and they ship it out, regardless of what is said or what is not said which is what is not said is basically what's going on who's Morocco wrestling who is patera wrestling i mean you see gene looking off camera in a couple points laughing i'm think he's probably waiting for someone to yell cut but no they're not yelling cut they're just gonna go with this regardless they're gonna put take this and beam this around the world for no particular reason because there's really nothing going on and this one really is amazing to me that this got out there. It is out there for anyone to see, and it is now on YouTube, uh, kept for a lifetime. You can check this out whenever you want, and if you want to check it out, if you want the full picture, find the link to the video in the description of this episode, or go to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing page on BDARadio.com. All right, let's move on. It is Merv Griffin time, but before we get into all that, Let's talk about our sponsor. People ask me, what do you mean, BDARadio.com? What does the BDA stand for? Bobby and Dillinger was awesome? Well, yes, that's what the crowd said at NXT TakeOver Toronto this past weekend, before they even locked up. And it did turn out to be quite awesome, but that's not what I'm getting at. What I'm getting at is that BDARadio.com gives you the most unique commentary on mixed martial arts and pro wrestling on the internet. They don't break news, they break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head over to BDARadio.com and check out all the latest news on UFC, Bellator, WWE, and much more. BDARadio.com is glorious. I will be here, I will get in. That whole thing, yeah. That's the song. And speaking of NXT, folks, that's what won the Twitter poll this week at the WPAN. So that's what we'll be talking about on the Thanksgiving edition of Something Extra. And with Brian still doing his Disney deal, he's been there for weeks upon weeks now, I'll be joined by Eric Tolley, one of our good friends from the Hurricane Rana podcast and 59 Media. Look out for a special holiday edition of Something Extra with Eric on Thursday, Thanksgiving Day. And of course, we talk about this every week. You can find the Hurricane Rana podcast 
at the Hurricane Rana on Twitter, and they do Facebook Live on Wednesday nights at facebook.com slash Hurricane Rana Wrestling. It'd be great to talk to Eric for the first time on Thursday, so make sure you check out something extra. It comes directly to your podcast feed on Thanksgiving Day. Okay, folks, Merv Griffin time. Yes, it is. Named for Brian's favorite episode of our favorite show, Seinfeld. It is our chance to sit down with the listeners and talk. We talk to you, and most importantly, you talk to us. We have a voicemail. It's a special follow-up voicemail. Let's take a listen right now. Hello, Michael. Hello, Kingpin. Hey, it's Rich Palladino. Just want to say thanks again for having me on the show last week. Uh, it was so great sharing all those memories of Tony Rumble with you guys. And uh, I think as we heard in the extra um, portion of the show that you released uh, on Thursday, each and every Thursday, um, we, we had a couple other topics of conversation. And I, I had said I knew I'd be driving home that night or later in the week just kicking myself because... I knew there were going to be people that I forgot to mention, and two of them are actually pretty good friends of mine. And they were part of the Brotherhood. And one is Big Rick Fuller, who had seen everything, done everything in New England, um, ended up becoming a part of the Brotherhood, actually defended the NWA World Tag Team Championship with Knuckles Nelson uh, when Sprazier was injured, uh, a, a very integral part of the uh, Brotherhood. Uh, I guess proving that the old Freebird rule or what the New Day is doing now where any member of the team could defend the uh, championship um, was relevant back then as well. So, of course, Big Rick Fuller, the master of the shop, and, of course, through the uh, you know through all those um, booking appearances that Kevin Sullivan would make on Tony's shows, I mean, Rick spent several years in WCW. You know, so, again, that just speaks to the power of... Uh, working with Tony Rumble. And the other guy, um, how could I forget Baldo? Uh, Matt Bloom. I remember um, Matt was geez, 330 pounds and had actually been invited by Killer Kowalski to come train with him um, when he expressed interest. And uh, I want to say Matt had played football, college football at uh, Pittsburgh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so just a big, hulking guy. And I remember him coming into the locker room uh, with Walter uh, during the time when Walter and Tony were working together. And I just remember Tony just looking at him and saying, you know, big man, when you're ready, you've got a spot here. And that spot was in the brotherhood. And, uh, you know, look at what he went on to after that, you know, both he and Fuller uh, going on to great careers in Japan. And, uh, of course, uh, Matt Bloom was uh, Albert, A-Train, Baldo, um, Tensai, whatever you want to call him, he's now the head trainer at NXT. So, uh, again, completely on me for getting those two great guys um, as part of the legacy of Tony Rumble. So, all right, that's it. I think I've rambled long enough. Uh, thanks again, guys, and keep up the good work. See ya. Rich Palladino, our guest last week for episode 30 of the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. Actually, he was on something extra as well, so make sure you check that out if you hadn't. Of course, talking about Tony Rumble, uh, one of New England Wrestling's forefathers, and I mean, thanks very much, Rich, for checking in uh, with more information. I mean, we could talk Tony Rumble all day long, you know, three episodes, five episodes, 26 episodes. Uh, we could fill him up completely with all the Tony Rumble stories for everything he's done for New England. So thanks very much, Rich, for giving us a little more 
about the man, the Boston bad boy. And we want to hear from you too, fine listener. Get your voicemails in. We will play them on the podcast. Call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. Or if you want to make it even easier on yourself, go to facebook.com slash the WPAN on your phone. And after you click like, click the call now button. There's a big blue button that says call now. You click that button, you'll be connected directly to the voicemail line, and you will hear yourself on a future episode of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. The other way to participate here on Merv Griffin Time is using our hashtag on Twitter, hashtag WPAN. I mentioned this on Something Extra last week, completely overwhelmed by the amount of feedback we got on Tony Rumble and people that checked in like Steve Kank, thanks very much. Great memories of Tony Rumble on the WPAN. How about Big Woody, the man, the inspiration behind the episode? Uh, he said, brought tears to his eyes. Thanks very much, Big Woody. He's at Abdelwood. Steve King is at Strangler Steve, by the way. TK, also at THOG94. Great stuff about Tony Rumble. Thank you. At Mark Sherman, the sure thing. He's his great Tony Rumble episode. IWCCW for life. NWANE, WNDS ruled. Mike Coughlin, at Mike Mongoose123. Highlight of my day was the tremendous Al Caprillion update from Brian Malonis. Yes, Al Caprillion, the eccentric weatherman for the New Hampshire station that NWA New England was on for one summer, WNDS. I want to give a special thank you to at Dragon Eyes. That's E-Y-E-Z, Brendan M. He actually went on the WWE Network and found Tony Rumble entering World War III. We talked about Tony Rumble was in 1996 WCW World War III, and he got the screenshot of Tony entering the match. I actually shared that on Instagram, at the WPAN. Thanks very much to Brendan. GM, he is at Zeke Dane. He said he learned a lot from the episode. Jason Stewart from the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. At Stewart 920 must listen, he says. How about John Clapp, a newcomer here, at JC underscore Ice Pack. He said, as someone who has fond memories of the CWA, it was a supremely gratifying listen. Uh, that was really great to hear. Thanks, John. As I said again, uh, so humbled by all the great feedback, and we really appreciate it, and I hope you continue to listen. We will do something. I got something that I'm thinking about for early in the new year, another New England uh, cornerstone that I want to discuss. It's going to be a great series, I think, this kind of New England founding fathers thing. So I hope you'll uh, keep on listening and we'll keep on doing them. Thanks very much. Also, let's move on to Chad Alden. At Chad Alden, he is from A Man Walks Into an Armbar, BDA Radio's MMA podcast. He says, hey, at the WPAN. One of my favorite wrestlers is Mickey Foley. Uh, um, okay, he says, hashtag Freudian slip. Uh, okay, hashtag Kingpin takes Disney. So I guess that's uh, Mickey Mouse, but he says Mickey Foley. Uh, all right, Chad. Usually Chad's a lot better than this. Check him out on A Man Walks Into an Arm Bar. You won't be disappointed, believe me. You might be disappointed in that tweet, but you won't be disappointed in A Man Walks Into an Arm Bar, the BDA Radio MMA podcast chad along with paul st Amon jr they're the armbar boys find them wherever you get your podcasts or at bdaradio.com of course steven can't get through river for time without steven at hhh guy 2004 he says now i stand corrected this week's promo about nothing was the worst bumping my boy and new hampshire's own triple h off the list yes boy tony 
If you haven't heard last week's promo about nothing with uh, Memphis Wrestling's boy Tony, you'll want to check that out. Well, but not for long. We didn't even make it through the entire. It's like a five and a half minute clip. We made it through about three minutes. It was um, Brian said it like, you know, usually these things are so bad. They're good. This one was just so bad. It was bad. And go check it out and be disgusted <laughs> like Stephen was, like Brian was. And uh, boy, Tony. Oh, boy, Tony. Oh, boy, Tony. Yeah, that is last week's promo about nothing. And finally, Mike Mills. We talked to Mike. He says he is watching Total Divas. Total Divas kicked off apparently this week. And he is watching because, you know, he's, his wife makes him watch it. But uh, he tweeted at us. He said, FYI, hashtag Total Divas was good last night. Nice angle with Maurice and the Bellas. Good storytelling. Hashtag don't judge me. Uh, Mike Mills, um, you know, 140 character or less review of Total Divas. I, I told Mike privately that I ended up watching a little bit of the episode. Um, I'm not very proud of it. I mean, you know, my wife made me. You know, that's what Mike says, right? My wife, my wife made me watch it. But uh, so, yeah, hopefully we'll hear more from Mike Mills and to hear even more from Mike and Doc Turner and Hardbody Harper. Go to Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. They are at BTT underscore podcast. And you can find them on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to check out Booking the Territory. They're on my queue. They should be on yours too. Thank you to everyone who is a part of River Griffin Time this week. And we look forward to talking to you on Twitter, hearing your voicemails, and we'll bring you the best of it next week on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. Okay, the Kingpin is hitting the highways and byways, crisscrossing this great nation of ours, plying his trade as a professional wrestler. He has dates, and I'm going to read them. This Wednesday, the Kingpin gets back into town and shuttles directly to South Boston. That is Thanksgiving Eve, November 23rd, for UFO Wrestling, South Boston, Massachusetts. He is defending the UFO Heavyweight Championship versus Teddy Goods. Find UFO on Twitter and Facebook and make your plans to be there Thanksgiving Eve this Wednesday night. Then the Kingpin goes to Brockton, Massachusetts on Saturday, November 26th, this Saturday, for Top Rope Promotions. Get your tickets on brownpapertickets.com. Find Top Rope on Twitter and Facebook as well. And as I mentioned earlier, the Kingpin, he is back in Chaotic Wrestling one night only. Your only chance to see the Kingpin back in a Chaotic Wrestling ring. That's Friday, December 2nd, Hudson, Massachusetts at the Elks Lodge. For tickets, go to chaoticwrestling.com. And of course, they are active on Facebook and Twitter as well. To book the Kingpin, it's Brian Malonis at Comcast.net or you can DM him at Brian Malonis. Of course, before we get out of here, just want to let you know we are running that contest. It's through the end of November, so you still have a chance, not too much longer, to get in on the free Kingpin Combo Pack. It's a color 8x10 and an I'm a Pinhead Kingpin Brian Malonis t-shirt. All you have to do, go to iTunes and leave us a 5-star rating and review. The easiest way to do it, open up the podcast app on your iPhone, and even if you're subscribed, you have to press search on the bottom right, type in Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, find the podcast, click on it, then click the Reviews tab, leave your review. I know it's a lot to do, but it is so worth it for us, and it will be worth it for you as well because 
one person at random will be selected to win the Kingpin Combo Pack. So get your review in now before the end of this month, and you could win a t-shirt and an 8x10 of the Kingpin, Brian Malonis. For more on the wrestling podcast about nothing and everything that's going on, head over to your home for MMA and wrestling talk. That is BDARadio.com. And as mentioned, I will be back on Thanksgiving with something extra, bonus audio from the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. And of course, you will find us here next Monday with episode 32 of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. Till then, for the vacationing Kingpin Brian Malonis, I'm Mike Crockett, and thanks for nothing. <laughs>